This Ohio State team is mentally tough, and I want to give a pat on the back and kudos to Ohio State fans, but more importantly to the entire team and coaching staff. This team is mentally tough, and this team has elements of physical toughness as well, especially on defense, that we haven't seen in the previous two seasons. For example, when Travion Henderson and Ohio State went on a 12-play, 75-yard drive and ate up six minutes of clock, I thought they stole all the momentum away. But then Michigan responded with a 7-play, 75-yard touchdown drive with a Blake Corum 22-yard run into the end zone, his longest run of the game. And that was after Zach Zinner was injured for Michigan. He probably is not going to return for the season, sadly, so prayers up to him. Henderson looked like he was banged up a little bit as well, but he looked healthy. Henderson had 19 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. Ohio State is mental toughness, and I think they're physically tough too. But the problem is, Ohio State closed all of those matchup advantages against Michigan from 2021 and 2022. They're heading in the right direction. And they had an opportunity to win a road game against a team without their CEO and a team who lost Zinter and Johnson due to injury. Michigan was down some of their better players on offense and defense as the game progressed. That's how you know Ohio State has matched Michigan in terms of mental and physical toughness, is Ohio State is not dropping like flies, nor is Michigan. Both teams were relatively equal on those fronts. But Michigan was just more consistent, and Michigan was the better team. And they were better at running the football. Michigan didn't have this glorious matchup advantage. They weren't infinitely more physical or mentally tough than Ohio State. Ohio State never broke. Rather, Michigan just stopped them. That's why Michigan had two interceptions. That's why both of those targets were to Marvin Harrison Jr. from Kyle McCord, and Michigan defensive backs like Wasps went toward the ball and picked it off. That's why when Michigan's Zach Zinner went down with an injury, Corum immediately popped through a hole and scored, because Ohio State isn't the only mentally or physically tough team on the field. Michigan was too. And Michigan all season long through analytics was the better team. They were the more efficient team. And the same goes for this game. Ohio State was more explosive than Michigan. They outgained Michigan by 40 total yards. They had four more first downs. Ohio State, just checking out the box score here, averaged nine yards per pass attempt. And they averaged 15.1 yards per reception with two receiving touchdowns, one to Emeka Igbuka, another to Marvin Harrison Jr. Stover, Fleming, and Harrison Jr. all had rece receptions, pardon me, of 25 yards or more. Michigan's longest reception was to Colston Loveland of 34 yards, and they averaged nearly five yards less per reception. Michigan, meanwhile, only averaged 0 0.2 extra yards per rush attempt. They ran for four yards per rush attempt. Ohio State ran for 3.8. Ohio State was the more consistent football team. But Michigan and Ohio State both punted for three tries. Ohio State missed a field goal and generally called a very conservative game, I think a too conservative game. Michigan was three of three on field goals. 
Tommy Doman averaged 52 yards per punt. Jesse Mirko averaged 36.7 yards per punt. Michigan had better field position. They won the turnover battle. And Michigan on the day was 3 of 3 on fourth down, despite being 3 of 12 on third down. Ohio State was better in third down conversion. They had more first downs. They had the better offense. And I think Ohio State played closer to their ceiling than Michigan did today. And you know what the painful part is if you're Ryan Day or Ohio State? You played, I think, an A minus, A. I'm really going to say A plus with how physical some of those drives were. Ohio State played an A level, A plus level game. Michigan? I think Michigan left some things on the field. And I think part of that is look, Jim Harbaugh wasn't there. And I said in my video before Michigan's matchup with Penn State that. Michigan has no excuse to lose in either of these games, because even if there is a minor effect, I thought there would be little to no effect. I think there was at least a small to medium impact. But regardless, Michigan was the better team than Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State. And therefore, they had no excuse, none, to lose any of those games, because objectively entering the Penn State game, Michigan was more efficient than Penn State, more efficient than Ohio State. Michigan hadn't played anyone entering Penn State. Didn't matter. They won by nine points. And Michigan had not faced a defense, a rushing defense, like Ohio State's all season. Didn't matter. They ran for 156 yards, four yards per rush, and Blake Corum had two rushing touchdowns. And they even had a passing touchdown from J.J. McCarthy, who, look, played like a game manager, but also made some crazy throws and some nice scrambles to pick up first downs. Michigan had the better quarterback play. They had the better running back play. Michigan had the better O-line play. The only area where Ohio State was better, and it was by a mile, was wide receiver. That's it. Everywhere else, Michigan was better. Not by a wide margin. Ohio State, by a wide margin, was better at wide receiver. That touchdown catch by Roman Wilson could have been called an interception on another day. But it happens. Ohio State got away with a few holding calls. And Michigan had that close call that went their way. I thought the referees did a good job of keeping both sides in check. There were no unsportsmanlike penalties until the end of the game. Both teams, I think, respect each other. I think you can see in how they played this game. I think that Michigan's aggression and the fact that they're straight up the better team at most positions are the reason why they won this game, despite suffering some injuries, going through adversity, they didn't consistently lead Ohio State all game. Ohio State at, at some points tied the matchup up, but then Michigan responded. Michigan had every counterpunch. The difference is, unlike the past two seasons when they had every counterpunch and blew the Buckeyes out, they only won by six this year by a score of 30-24. to 24. Sharon Moore is now 4-0 and as the interim head coach. Michigan will move on to the Big Ten Championship game. Ryan Day is 1-3 and against Michigan, and... I'm here as a Michigan fan, but I'm also here as an objective analyst. I don't want to hear anyone say the previous two years were only because of sign stealing. That's not true. You watch this game, you watch that Michigan for three years in a row now has ran the football better. They've actually had more efficient quarterback play over the past two seasons. McCarthy played a better game than Stroud last season. He played a better game than McCord this season. And Michigan had the better D-line performance. They stifled Ohio State multiple times at the lines of scrimmage. Other times they struggled, but look, 
Ohio State was stacking the box more than Michigan. They sent more guys to defend the run than Michigan did. Ohio State said, Michigan, if you're going to drive the field on us, you have to keep us honest in the passing game. And McCarthy went 16 of 20 for 148 yards and a touchdown. And he had 17 scrambling yards, and Alex Orgy had 22. So Michigan was able to get the quarterback run involved as well. And Donovan Edwards averaged 3.1 yards per carry. Corum averaged 4.0 yards per carry. Chip Trainum, six carries for 37 yards, averaged six yards per carry. I don't know why he isn't involved more, because Ohio State needed a physical back. And Henderson, he got dinged up pretty quickly. And when he got in space, he could do things, but his long carry of the day was eight. Him and Donovan Edwards are basically the same running back, except Edwards is a better receiver and Henderson is a higher ceiling as a runner. They're practically the same running back, though, in a generalization, and I'd say a good generalization. Trainum is more like Corum. You see it in how he shifts, you see it in his power, and they didn't use him as much. By the way, that was a genius call on third and long to run Xavier Johnson, so... I'm bouncing all over the place because partially I'm emotional, but Michigan, both teams started out feeling each other from the beginning, but Michigan made less mistakes. And when Michigan picked off McCord, you could you could get a sense that there was a little bit of, of death inside the mind of McCord and Day, but then they responded well. McCord on the day had 30 pass attempts for 18 completions, and he had 271 passing yards, two touchdowns, but... He had five or six ugly throws. He could have thrown a third interception. He could have. He he overthrew Henderson on, wasn't a crossing route, but Henderson was coming out of the backfield, sort of like a relief route where if no one else is open, check it down to the running back and get some yards. He overthrew Henderson. That could have been pick number three. If that defensive back in coverage was really aware, that could have been a pick six. McCord is a better Cade McNamara or a Cade McNamara. He's a game manager. And the reason he has those good statistics is, look, he can throw some beautiful balls, but Cade McNamara threw beautiful passes against Ohio State in 2021. The difference is McNamara had a run game. McNamara had a better offensive line. McNamara had a defense that knew when to be aggressive and that had better pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Ohio State's defense, Michigan has the better defense. I'm just going to say that right here. Michigan has the better offense. Michigan was able to get pressure when it mattered most. Ohio State's defense. What is Jim Knowles doing playing bend but don't break with under five minutes left? Like, you're consciously letting Michigan chew clock, slowly gain yards, and there were times where he made adjustments, but then he packs the defense in tight, and then Corum bounces out for a first down, and he lands in bounds. Ryan Day and the offense... Fourth and two, that's a play that's going to be looked back on before the half. You have a chance to go for it. You're driving on Michigan. Michigan's defense was by far not perfect. It wasn't. And that's also a testament to the fact that Ohio State has Henderson, Stover, Fleming, and Harrison Jr. Combining tight end and receiver, and that gives a boost to Michigan and Georgia's receiving units as comparison. Ohio State still is the best receiving core in the country. They do. Harrison's that good. Stover's that good. Ibuka is a weapon. Fleming is a weapon. He had a breakout game. He had 59 receiving yards. But Michigan's just the better team. It's that simple. It's not any... What Ohio State's issue is now is no longer you have to look at matchup advantages or schematic advantages. You've closed that gap. 
but Michigan's straight up the better team. And next year is going to be interesting because Ohio State recruits at a higher level. Ohio State will retain more starters next season than Michigan will from this season. So in theory, next year, Ohio State should win. But science isn't that simple, and neither is football. For OSU, I would look at strength and conditioning. That's where I would look. It wouldn't be Knowles. It wouldn't be Day. It would be strength and conditioning, and it would be scouting. That's where I would look if I was Ohio State, because McCord doesn't look like a five-star. McCarthy has five-star moments. He's not a Heisman quarterback, far from it, but he's he's objectively better than McCord. McCarthy didn't throw a single pass that could have been picked off unless his receiver didn't do his job. Third and three, perfect dart to Cornelius Johnson where only he could get it. Several times he threw darts to A.J. Barner and Colston Loveland. Nice scramble for more than 10 yards on, I think, whether it was a third down or second down, I don't know. McCarthy played a really good game. And Michigan didn't have to rely on him to win the game. I mean, they did in the traditional sense, but McCarthy didn't have to do anything majorly special to beat the Buckeyes. That could be a concern for Michigan moving into the playoff when they will face better, more consistent offenses like Georgia's, even though Georgia, I think, is a worse defense than Ohio State. But this game's an all-time classic. It could have gone either way. And Ohio State's improved. The problem, again, is they've improved, but Michigan improved too. They have better quarterback play than they've ever had, better tight end play. Their wide receivers are good. Their defense is getting better and better year after year. This is Jesse Minner's best defense. It is. Once again, holding Ohio State to under 28 points. For three years in a row now, Ohio State has only had three touchdowns Cyber Monday deals? or less. Join Walmart Plus now because and shop some can say it was stallions. Early. I don't think so Sunday after this I really don't. Join the the cheating, today. the sign stealing, it plays Monday a part. Deals. Yes, Michigan should be punished. Yes, I'm saying that as a Michigan fan. Quickly, Michigan beat you without their wizards. The they beat you with injuries. In the they beat you the with that when, when Zinner fell down, was hurt with that gruesome injury. That's a moment where a team can fold, and they didn't fold. They bounced back. There was another play, a third down conversion, where I said, championship defenses will stop this third down and get off the field. A championship offense will convert this. And what did Michigan do? They converted the third down. That's what Michigan did. And Michigan all game long, due to turnovers, but also due to the fact that Ohio State just wasn't as consistent. They weren't on the same rhythm that Michigan was. It wasn't a mental thing. It wasn't a physical thing. It was a potential thing. This Michigan team has a higher ceiling than this Ohio State team does. That's why Michigan won. That's why they won despite playing, in my mind, an inferior game relative to their potential compared to Ohio State. Michigan won the game because they won the turnover battle. They were more consistent. And McCord, he was inaccurate. And the defense, again, Jim Knowles, what are you doing? Bend but don't break. You're you're down. Michigan has the ball, and they are pounding your defense. They are using Corum and Edwards as a sledgehammer. What are you doing going into wide technique and trying to defend the pass while also defending the run. You know what Sharon Moore is going to do. Sharon Moore is 
He's a genius. I really like him. But Michigan is going to try and run and jam it down your throat. They are not a cute football team. They aren't. They are not finesse. They are physical. And unfortunately, they have struggled a bit on the physical front. Sell out to stop the run. I watched you against Penn State, zero blitz, four times, and you were good in coverage. Now, McCarthy's much better than Aller, and Michigan is a better receiver core, I know. But do you really think that Michigan is going to risk a pick or that they are going to risk giving you a free timeout with an incomplete pass? Do you think they're going to risk that? No. No, they're not. And the defense, it was good for moments for Ohio State. It was clutch at times. But other times, they let Michigan outsmart them. They let Michigan run down their throat. It is what it is. Michigan has the better defense, and Michigan has the better offense. Straight up. They're just the better team, and they have the better special teams unit too. Michigan's punter punting for nearly 15 more yards per punt than Ohio State's. And James Turner, pardon me, going 3 of 3 on field goals, and meanwhile, Jaden Fielding only goes 1 of 2. Special teams, turnovers, field position, and consistency. That's why Michigan won. Ohio State closed the matchup advantages, but Michigan's the better team. And for Ohio State, maybe this is just a one-off thing because they recruit better, but that, again, is going to force the Buckeyes and Day to look internally. Look at Mickey Mariotti. Look at the strength and conditioning for Ohio State. They have suffered through injuries all season long, just like last season. They luckily got most of their guys healthy, for this game, and they still lost, and Michigan still out them, not by a lot, and not necessarily because there's that matchup advantage, but just because they're the better team. I hope I make myself clear in that, because there's a difference between Ohio State being power rated ahead of Michigan and Ohio State having a better ceiling, but Michigan's just that much better at controlling TOP and running the ball that they can beat the Buckeyes eight or nine times out of ten despite Ohio State, let's say, matching up better with Georgia and playing like a better team against more opponents than Michigan, for example. This Michigan team would match up better with anyone in the country than Ohio State, except for maybe a team that is a little suspect at secondary, but elite in the front seven. And the only team I can think of that is like that at times is Michigan. That's it, and pardon me if I'm wrong there. I think out of all the elite teams, most of them are balanced defensively, or in the case of Georgia, and Ohio State, and I'd say even Alabama, they lean more toward their secondary than they do in their front. Michigan is one of the few teams this year that has a better front than secondary, I think, when you look at elite defenses. The same goes for Penn State, by the way. The same goes for Penn State. And I think Penn State has a better defense than Ohio State after watching this game. I really do. And it's mostly because of pass rush. Michigan's offensive tackles were better this game than against Penn State, and Ohio State doesn't have the speed at defensive end to just blow up pass plays. It takes time to develop their pass rush. The Wolverines will play in the Big Ten title against Iowa, and if they win, they're in the college football playoff. And the Buckeyes will have to watch and wait. If enough chaos occurs, if FSU loses, if Washington beats Oregon, and if Georgia beats Alabama and Texas loses, I'd say that would put Washington, Georgia, Michigan, and yeah, They'd put Ohio State in at four, but all all those things have to happen. Four teams, Oregon, who will be favored over Washington, 
Texas, who will be a favorite, Florida State, who will be a favorite. You have to rely on three favorites to win out to lose. So it's very unlikely that you'll reach the playoff. Unlike last year, where you only needed USC to lose. That's it. You only needed one of those teams to lose. You need four to lose. So Ohio State's probably going to the Orange Bowl, but you you never know. This team's really good. This Buckeye team, they answered the bell compared to the past two seasons. They didn't lose because Michigan bullied them. They lost because Michigan was just the overall better team, and there's a very distinct difference from that. Lastly, I want to say, if you're an Ohio State fan and you're calling for Ryan Day's job, unsubscribe from the channel and leave. Don't want you on here. If you're a Michigan fan who thinks that Michigan would win this game 10 times out of 10, it's probably a little inaccurate. These two teams were very close. I give credit to both coaching staffs. Both defenses are elite. Both offenses have an elite ceiling. But I don't think Michigan has the X-factor receiver or run game to have an elite offense. And Ohio State doesn't have the quarterback to make an elite offense. But that's what the game was. Michigan was the better team, straight up. Both teams were evenly matched in terms of scheme and I would say build in a large part. And congratulations to Sharon Moore and for Ryan Day. The fan base will be unfair to him, but that's what happens. For Michigan, if they lost, everyone would be questioning their success over the past two seasons. And now I don't think people will be doing that as much. So that's my brief reaction to this game. If you want to see a longer, more in-depth analysis, that will be released tomorrow. That'll be like a 40, 50-minute video. Thanks to Crash2488, Anthony McDowell, and Justin Rogg for being Heisman patrons for the month of November. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst, Nobody DLC, and SFS Inverted for being All-American patrons in the month of November. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chrisley, and Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for being All-Conference patron members. Have a great day, guys, and I will see you all around. Bye-bye.